welcome guys to another episode of the candy show i'm your host candy guys we have another special guest in the building chicago native now residing in cali california singer songwriter producer man r&b sensation Woo. and ceo of his own company called household name entertainment Guys, I want you to welcome my special guest, Mr. St. James is in the building. What's up? What's up? Welcome. Thank you for having me. And I'm very welcome and appreciative of being able to have the opportunity to talk with you. Not a problem. My pleasure. Okay, go right on into it. You just came from a video, a video shoot today. Tell us about that. Uh, it's a, um, I'm putting out a bunch of records and just getting all my video content together during the pandemic and quarantine. This is the perfect time. Just trying to get everything you can get ready because once they start opening back up and doing shows, you got to be ready to, to move on, on, on your and, and get the tour the money for touring to try to make the money back. Because a lot of us weren't able to make money during this time in terms of earning power as in, in as artists, you know what I'm saying? The real money is in the in shows and merchandise because you know, we can't sell, we're not selling CDs and and vinyl and, and tapes and eight tracks and stuff anymore. So I'm just ready to get back to it so and put together some really live, dope live stuff with my band and get it all popping. But I want to make sure my recorded stuff was solid, my videos, my content is ready so I can just keep on dropping a whole bunch of singles and stuff. So I've cut a record called She's My Monday and just an adieu to, uh, to the ladies, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's a pretty nice record. And you know what? It is. From what I heard this morning on your live, you know, I say I got to have it. I, I need to get that. Yeah, no doubt. It's coming soon. As soon as everything can be on Spotify, and I, I, I can email, I'll email you the records directly. You don't even got to go on Spotify stream. I got you. Whatever you need. Just hit me. All right. I appreciate that. So tell us a little bit about where are you actually coming from today? Where are you located right now? Okay, I'm in Sacramento, California. I'm actually a suburb called Elk Grove. It's like 30 minutes south of Sacramento, Midtown Sacramento. So, but but I was just coming in from the Bay Area. You know, it was rainy. And, I mean, it was cold and windy in that area. Then we get to Sacramento back like an hour and a half later. It's sunshine and warmer weather. It's the weird thing between the Bay and the, and Sacramento was always colder in the Bay Area, cooler, and then warmer and hot and more humid in, in the uh, and Sacramento was the northern like Valley area. Yeah, it's pretty windy here today too. A little bit of ice rain going on, and I mean, you step outside and it was just like boom, woo. Right. It was windy. <laughs> now you make no, like you don't hold back. You're in your fifties. Yes, fifty three years old and proud of it. Absolutely, I love. You I don't look it. Well, I appreciate that. They say black don't crack unless you smoke crack, and I ain't smoking crack, so. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Fifty so, three. Yes. Mm. Mm. Tell us a little bit about your journey when it comes to the music. Now, I, I understand you started out at a really young age, but what really gave you that driving force to say, hey, I want to pursue my talent? Um, you know, I, th I think, you know, you know, being, being African-American, most everybody grows up in a family where somebody can sing, dance, somebody, even if it's just one or two people or your whole family probably all singing. So, and then you got to think about it, our culture this industry is some is probably only the only industry that in some cases a lot of us have the opportunity to make to earn income or to exhibit some level of talent. It's a weird thing. I mean, we got some doctors and lawyers. We get we get all of that, 
But for the most part, the music industry is like saturated with African-Americans who this is the only place they can probably earn, man. Let's just be clear. Some of them get out of prison, bad situations. We grew up in impoverished situations. And this is the only outlet a lot of us have. So I think there's a song and dance in every black family, so to speak, being just being honest and raw with it. So I, I grew up in the same kind of situation out of Chicago. You know, everybody, Michael Jackson was real popular coming from Gary, Indiana, which is not that far from Chi-Town. You know, like less than 45 minutes to an hour drive. So it's that whole general 60s. I'm, I'm like, again, I'm 53, so I was born in 68. So right around 68, 70. I mean, everybody was do shoe wop, do wop, wop, do wop, wop, wop. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just what it was. So my grandmother was a singer in a church, and that was my inspiration. My grandmother uh, loved for music, all types of music, specifically gospel music. And I just kind of like carried the family mantle from that point forward. My grandma passed many, many moons ago. So it's like, uh, I'm probably the only one in my family doing music. And, you know, I've been through a lot with this industry, just trying to, you know, go mainstream. Everybody used to want to be a star, but now I think mm -hmm. it's, it's more focused on just being a good artist, putting out good music. Because I think being a superstar, them days is, is very far in between. Not many people are going to make it to superstardom in this industry, just like in the NBA or, or uh, mm -hmm. football. Very few college, I mean, for very few of those high school college kids make it to the pros. So, you know, just, but so you get your heart broke along the way, just like in anything else in life. You live, you learn, and you build, and you grow. And by the way, I'm actually coming from Indianapolis, Indiana. So I know exactly where Chicago right. and Gary is. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> but for the people out there that don't know, <laughs> now i heard that you were in a talent show which also kind of helped drive you into taking this industry a little bit more seriously tell us a little bit about that um i was in i'm, in, I'm a 16 year army veteran so i served this country for 16 years total service uh, active in, in national guard and uh, so uh my i'm eight, i'm 18 between 18 and 20 something 21 years old uh, singing, you know, someone hears me and tells some other guys about me, but we were all stationed in Germany at the time in different areas of, of, of Germany, and we all came together and formed a, a singing group back in the 90s when Shy, Silk, Boys, the Men, all of them was real hot, and we w entered a talent show, a, a real big talent show in, in the Europe area, in Germany area. We won the talent show. They sent us, they flew us to New York to, uh, to the Amateur Night Apollo, and we did our thing, man. And uh, we didn't get booed, but we didn't win. But we were disappointed because we flew all the way from Germany to get in that to the, to the Apollo. It was crazy. Um, and then next thing you know, we we're we we're going down an escalator in Times Square singing uh, some song, we original record. And someone heard us harmonizing, told us Joe, the singer R&B artist Joe Thomas, was looking for uh, background singers, and, and the rest is history. Oh, wow. Now, I'm, I too come from a talent show area era, and I understand when – then back then because see, we don't have talent shows anymore so i'm always fascinated to hear about how people's journeys started and a lot of times it's either in church and or a talent show because that's where most of the talent that is now um seasoned talent is has came from so i always like right. to just you know dig a little bit more into that and, and a lot of people were discovered from those right. venues I don't know what it is about talent shows that are not relevant anymore. It's amazing that as much as many people on the internet uh, searching and, and singing. I mean, you can't go nowhere on the internet without somebody singing a song or dance and a tap. It's just like, ugh. 
I mean, if I hear one more person singing on it, then I think I'm going to pass out someday. It ain't trying to be disrespectful, but it just, it's such an oversaturated situation because everybody's looking to go viral. But, but like I said, this is the only opportunity some people are going to have to try to get discovered or do, do what they want. And the internet has made it easier, but to the point it's been, it's, it's created a, 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 a oversaturation of, of, of just people who, who may or may not even have the talent that they think they have. Sometimes people tell you you're dope and you really might not be as dope as you are. You might be dope, but you think you're dope. And it just, I don't care about all that stuff. I just let, I think the records speak for themselves. You put out good music, let the music speak. It ain't about what I think. It's what the people say and they think. And, and I respect that. So, but talent shows definitely need to make a comeback for real. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's nothing like that in-person communication and an in-person feel of being on the stage and being able to showcase yourself in front of people. And, you know, even when you have your judges, there may be celebrity judges or things like that. So it, 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 we definitely need that coming back. I'm pretty sure that those types of um, platforms are going to come back just because everything is going on right now. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. we got to find a way to discover the talent. So let, now I also heard that you're a dancer too, because, I love to dance. So tell us, um, what are you? I used to dance when I was younger, but I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I, uh, I, in between eighteen and twenty-six, I got saved, sis. Just being, being honest with you, I went to church. Mm -hmm. I got to church when I was eighteen. Went to the military and got, the, got, got the Holy Ghost. And something happened to my rhythm. <laughs> I mean, you know, because in church you can, you know, at the time, you know, you only do the two steps, two side to the side and the clap. So I got stiff between 26 and, 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 I mean, 18 to 26. So I'm just getting back my vibe. But when I was younger, break dancing, all of that stuff, I could get it on. I could cut it, man. But now it's like I got to find, I'm just getting my, my chops back on the dancing thing. So don't don't go telling people that. No, no, no I'm not a dancer. <laughs> I can I can, <laughs> I can move a little well, bit. Well, I can bit. tell you have the moves in your videos. So. <laughs> I, I do the best I can. I, do, I, I just make it, I make it work, but. I ain't no Chris Brown. I'm 53, like, and, and my hips ain't what they used to be. Let's be clear. <laughs> so you know, I'm just real with it. So no, but I, I like. I just believe that you have to sell your rep. You sell the song in your passion and the conviction in which you deliver it. And you know, art like Kevin Hart said it. All R&B singers got to do is this. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's hot. <laughs> So, you know, I just try to do the hand thing and, and move my head a little bit every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, when you're doing that, you're taught to make sure that your audience can feel each word. Right. And then, oh, my goodness, don't go up to one person. Oh, or we all know in the audience, we swear up and down that that, that person is on stage singing to us. So <laughs> that's, that's old school. Back in the day, the ladies, man, I, I used to do this, the rose, the flower thing. I, you know, I still think that's a really kind gesture when you got an audience full of ladies that love what you do. You just show them love. You know what I'm saying? I, I used to love to get them all. Like, I wouldn't, like, pick, pick the finest one out the crowd. I would pick the one that I know the most people probably wouldn't think was attractive and just show mm -hmm. respect to her. And then all of a sudden, everybody else looking around, like, oh, you know, you know just, but, you, but it wouldn't be fake. It would be genuine because, you know, that sister there, she paid her money. She loving the music. I'm gonna show her love first, and, and, and I just always have been. The, I love to to support the underdog or someone that's probably not more less likely to be 
uh, appreciated for who they look, who they are, and what they're looking like. That's just I'm like I'm not a shallow dude. I don't I'm not really into. I think I like a good looking woman, like the next person. But I really believe in just the, the inner beauty and the ability for a great attitude to shine through all the makeup and the hair. It's all good, but I've seen some bad women that look great, but the attitude wasn't awesome. And then I've seen some okay, average looking women that were just beautiful because of the way they talk, the way they carry themselves, and they cared about they care about people. That's what I care about in, in, in the woman. If, if I'm if I'm gonna go there, attitude. It's more most important trait to me: having a great attitude, positive energy, and believing in herself. And nothing's worse for a woman, a man, to deal with with low self esteem. As in, you if you don't believe in yourself, how can I convince you that you mean something to me if you don't even believe in yourself? That's that's the hardest challenge for a man, and that's why a lot of men kind of like shy away from commitments. It ain't just oh, I want to be with a bunch of women. Is that I want to be with a, a secure woman that even though she's been through some things, she has confronted her problems, her challenges, and is now ready to be in a stable relationship with me where we don't have, I don't have to go back and fix your stuff and you ain't got to go back and fix my stuff. And at 53, I ain't doing that. It ain't happening. <laughs> Three snaps in a formation. <laughs> I, just had that, I just had that conversation with a girlfriend. We were talking about men and, and, and what attracts men. And a lot of people don't realize it is the confidence. It, you know, it's yeah. confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Because look, and you just your looks fade after a while. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying your absolutely. looks fade after a while. So, <laughs> right, absolutely. And no man wants to work. Listen, when I was in my 20s and 30s, I worked hard. You know, we would go, we would drive a country mile. We would stay up all night trying to connect and do what we did, what we won't do, what we do. But at 53, I just ain't working that hard. I'm, I'm grown. I know who I am. You need to know who you are. And it should be easy, not, not sleazy, just a little easier. I should not have to work hard at 53 that I worked in my 20s to, to connect with somebody. But, you know, if I got to do all that, I'm just, I'd rather be by myself and deal, be quiet, sit down somewhere and keep on working on music. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest. We got to get past that kind of stuff as men and women and just, you know, it's, 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 it's a very touchy conversation, the, the subject of, of the battle of the sexes, men and women in this culture we're living in. Uh, everybody's been hurt. If you're over 45, you've been through some stuff, you've been hurt, you might hurt somebody. But at what point do we just let move on from it and just find somebody that you got to find somebody that you that get along with you and you get along with it. Other than, all that extra stuff is irrelevant, man. Because at 50, you should have your own stuff by now. I'm not trying to put our stuff together at 50. You got your own stuff. I've got my own stuff. You can come over, but you gotta go home at some point. Now, if I get when I get on your nerves, I'm gonna go home. <laughs> Woo! Come on now. Woo, yeah, <laughs> I know all about that. Bye. See you. But <laughs> you know, when we, you started yeah. out, go, go, ahead. go ahead. You go ahead. I was saying, but we should not go without love just because we we've been through things. We shouldn't have shouldn't have to suffer without being loved or loving someone. You still can love and be loved by someone without the. The the, the 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 handcuffing to to the person you know what i'm saying you can still find a, a balance of, of everything but people nowadays still want to do a lot of throw old school things like you can't come into a new situation at 50 bringing all your family kids and exes and all. i don't deal with all that i just want to talk to you i don't know your mama your kids they got daddies i hope if you ain't if your baby your, your babies that they grown they should have daddies by now i mean, ain't got kids and grandkids i don't do all that just you and me let's be cool I mean, I don't know how we got on the subject, but this needs to be said, I think. People got to stop trying to uh, bundle. Like, you know, you, you get a bundle when you get a cable. You know, you get a, uh, a cable, internet plan, they bundle it. 
people bundle their relationships. I'm not coming to coming in with you to bring all my bundle, my kids, my baby mama stuff, drama. I'm not doing all that. And I don't want that from you, sister. So let's just chill and, and be cool with each other. That's important, man, at the, after 45. Too grown for games. And you know, <laughs> well, well spoken because that really comes with age and experience. Yes. And once you finally reach that point in yourself that, hey, you know what? What am I doing? Is this really worth it? The drama. Right. You realize, you know what? Nothing else matters but my happiness. So. Right. Right. Life's too short. Life's too short right now. Especially right that now. So. Especially right now. <laughs> Let's talk about when you started getting into the business. Were, yes. At the time, were you looking to be a major, like a, a signed artist to a major label? Uh, yes. I've, all, I've always wanted to have a deal like probably anybody. The whole reason we've been, we've been sold on the whole idea of a record deal. Uh, we've been sold on the whole idea of uh, mainstream success, uh, and and I think and I think we will always strive for that because th those mainstream artists have the machine, they have the publicity, the money, the network, the whole machine behind them, and then they're so everybody knows who you are when you have a mainstream deal when a label gets behind you. But if you think about what really goes down with a label, it's just a bank loan. So why not take if you go out spend three hundred thousand dollars to get? Let's say I'm going to buy a house for three hundred thousand. The bank's going to finance me a loan for $300,000 for a 30-year fixed or adjustable rate mortgage. So at about $1,200 a month, maybe two, maybe $1,500 a month, roughly, give or take. Why can't I get the same loan, somehow find an ability to get that same loan and take that same money that I will be spending on a house and, and put that in my music career? Just learn the system and machine that's already in place, the distributors, the promotions, the, the marketing, the camp. And do, you, all you need is a bank loan. Now, I figured it out. And you can go at radio with your own budget. You know, you just got to make sure, you, you know, you just got to filter through the sharks and the, and the piranhas and the pariahs. There's just a bunch of, you know, politics and mess that you got to filter through. But it can be done. And so that's, so a record deal becomes obsolete and unnecessary when you know how to take your own money and do the same thing. That's all the record label going to do. And the record label takes your right, your publishing and your control and power away from you. And then they start telling you what to do with your own music. I mean, excuse me, please. Not going to happen. And even with that, I've always said, listen, it's either they get the money up front or it's back, you know. So it's either you have the money up front, you don't have to yeah. worry about that. Mm -hmm. But then at right. the same time, when you're not in a position where you can do the distribution and et cetera, right. you know, you, you have to get that loan if you're even successful enough to even get that signed deal. Right. But, you know... That is that a lot of people don't realize that. And then some people still are looking for deals and, you know, that works out for them. Nothing wrong with it. Well, nothing wrong with it, but it boils down to we are still looking for a handout from, from, from a record label, from somebody to sign us, somebody to take all our cares away. And the average, and the average person in the music business that's trying to make it is already in dire straits. You remember in Coming to America, he was uh, he, he asked them to send him some more money because me and Cindy are in dire straits in New York. Remember, they went to the <laughs> Western Union to get money. So I think the, the, the average person in, in black communities are really in desperate situations. So they're, really, they're willing to sign anything to get out of it. So those record labels kind of prey on like predatory lenders doing banks with mortgage back in the OA crisis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to focus on, on understanding that. And then so they exploit us really bad. And that's why you, you hear a lot of our artists, like our major iconic artists that died penniless. 
It's not like Etta James and people like that just died with no nothing to show for all of that talent, all of that success, all of that music. And I don't want to be one of those kind of cats in the end of my career. I want to leave a legacy and publishing money to my kids. That's what that's what the white folks do. They leave they leave a legacy of publishing where, I mean, somebody's still eating off of uh, some, some 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 Frank Sinatra records right now as we speak. You know what I mean? Just come on, man. And you know, and some of our icons are, are passed away with couldn't even bury them. Couldn't even bury them. You know what I mean? It's insane. So just knowing you're knowing your uh the business, and it's not just about music, it's the business of music that matters most. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. So being independent, tell us a little bit about household entertainment. Um it's an independent so you guys got some good things going on over there. Oh, you've been checking us out. Yeah, we I, my, I got man, I got good records coming from a lot of independent artists. These are independent artists that have partnered with me. Uh, I've had some pretty decent traction lately, so I figure why not, this is how you pull people up without bringing yourself down at the same time. You know, you, you focus on dealing with people that are serious about their careers, willing to do the good business at the top where your paperwork's right, the budget, the money is discussed up top. See, see, white folks don't have a problem saying how much some stuff costs. We the only problems always. We only only people always nickeling down. I'm like, what's I'm, how much you going? How much? What, what's the budget? What you going to cost? What's it going to cost? White folks be like, it's six thousand dollars and blah blah. And you're like, okay, they 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 don't they don't even splinch. We will negotiate and nickel and dime each other to the penny, and it's incredible, man. And it's it's very petty, and it really just bogs down the whole process of of creative process and collaboration because you can't get past the budget, the money. You know this stuff costs. You know it's gonna cost you to make a dope record. So why are you acting like I gotta I owe you something because we got the same skin color? No, this ain't about what our race. This is about business. So you know it's just hard to get through it. But I'm dealing with some people that are serious, uh, and I'm putting together a real coalition, a team. I got a uh, um, something I'm building. It's called the I. It's called I am uh, Independent Artist Movement. I mean, and it's basically bringing independent artists together and put them in a position to have a budget to finance their projects, especially if they're really talented. Everybody ain't going to get through, but but for the most part, if your stuff is hot, there's no reason why you should be struggling out here uh, with, a, with a great record. It don't make sense. So keep on grinding. That's the what's 90s era. The <laughs> 90s era and the 90s music. I, you focus on that era so good. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Now, hey, I, I'm in agreement. I love the 90s music and okay. some before that. Right, right. Uh, well, you know, I, 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 I guess it feels '90s because there's no auto tune, and and the beat and the grooves are like heavy drums and and bass lines and stuff. And that just, to me, that just always felt good. Them records helped me make it through some really tough times. Of course, Anita Baker and Luther Vandross back in the late mid '80s and late '80s was cool, and some of those '80s records they have more of an electronic. Uh, uh, synthesizing vibe to the 80s music. But then when the 90s came in with Drew Hill and all of those cats, Keith Sweat, that was killing the game. Them records, uh, LSG, uh, uh, Boys the Men even. I mean, just all those those records. I, I, I mean, that, that era was just a phenomenal time in music. So for me, I know people like to say my records are like 90s, but because that's the closest you're going to get to hearing some vocals without all that auto-tune on them and you can't even understand the words you know what i mean so i'm I, I consider it a flattery and that's fine with me i have no problem with making that record those kind of records because 
people our age will will always gravitate to that gravitate to that sound. And there's millions of us that want to buy those records. So why would I want to be reaching the 20 year olds? Even though a lot of my fan base, believe it or not, is 18 to 26. They love my stuff. It's incredible. I'm like shocked. Now I have to say that listening to your latest EP, Throwbacks, the cover, volume mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. when I first heard the first song, I was like, wait a minute, he's doing that song? And then I listened to the rest of it, I, and I have to tell you, for that, being a fan of that era, I enjoyed it for the simple fact that sometimes let's say it like this sometimes some songs like i've said before songs and songs and movies sometimes you just don't want to touch them just because right. they're already legendary and classics in their own right absolutely <laughs> but it's but with everything coming back around with the 90s it just fits right what you talk about being gentle was the first record you heard the being gentle record it was being gentle was the first one okay. yes yes yeah, the story behind that is you know i Remember the Frederick version? I don't ever want to stop loving you. Okay. <laughs> that record was, I remember being at a slow dance back in the day when we would do like house parties and slow dance in the basements and all that. Oh my God. They, they need to go back to doing those kind of vibes. But of course, COVID's messing everything up. But anyway, that was one of my favorite songs in, I think I was mid high school, probably early, late 80s, first or early 90s. And I remember late, late mid 80s. And so I always, as I grew up and started doing music, I always wanted to redo that record. No one touched that record that was African-American. I think a white guy named Gene Dino or something like that touched. It was kind of a jazz, Kenny, Kenny G style of record. It wasn't the same. So the, so the original composer, Jerry Mims, uh, is a friend of, of my brother's. And, and he told me, I told him what I wanted to do. He gave me permission to do what I wanted to. I sent him the record. He loved the record so much. He gave me 50% rights publishing to my version so i own 50 percent of that being gentle record it's not a cover it's not a derivative i own the 50 percent rights to it and we kicking butt oh. on that record. oh wow oh wow yeah. and, and and just for those who don't know tell everyone about being gentle because you also have a beautiful sounding voice like her voice is just so amazing yeah, she tell everyone who tell us who she oh. is Oh, that's my girl. That's my little sister named Goss out of us. Uh, she's in Chicago now, but she's here. She's been here. She lives out here in Cal Sacramento with me. And um, yeah, we got together. I originally demoed that with someone else, but then I needed it just what it just didn't have that mm. and then Sine came on in and just butter, you know what I mean? And just laid it in there and I was cool, you know. And I don't have a problem step taking a backseat to a gorgeous, beautiful female voice. And most duets always highlight the female. So you can't be in your feelings over it. I ain't tripping. I, I love it. And even the original uh, Janice, that nobody talks about, they talk about Frederick all the time, but they never talk about the female Janice. Janice was bad, beautiful sister. She died of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, epileptic, ep epileptic seizure, uh, seizure. So she had a seizure, man, passed away uh, a while back. And nobody talks about her legacy. I'm in, actually in the process of putting together a documentary style story behind that that whole story her frederick uh jerry's the writer and then of course my me reinventing the record and how well it's doing and will continue to do so yeah I, i'm i got my hands on a lot of things right now and, and that's the you know that's the nature of what i'm about the music is one only one facet of who i am and what i do i, I got my hands on a lot of things you know so i'm going to continue to just try to help people and and put out positive energy and great vibes and, and live my life the best that i can i'm trying to live my best life man i'm too old for the nonsense 
spoken. I already know. I'm right there too. How did you even come about even wanting to remake or redo those songs? Because I mean, you have a great lineup here on Volume One. It's a variety of songs. Wait till Volume Two. Woo, you ain't ready for Volume Two. Volume Two gonna be even crazier. But Volume One, I, I went. This is how I do it. I go back. I go to YouTube and I go to Google and I start researching the song title, and I try to see who's covered it since it was first done by the original artist. Like, I would never go back and do Sailing, Christopher Cross, after Avant killed it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not touching Sailing because after Avant did. I mean, you can't get no better than Avant. I love Avant. I'm, I'm a fan. So that's how I feel about my R&B male artists, Tank, all them cats. I show them love. I believe in I don't hate on none of those cats. And, and, you know, I'm just me, and that's it. But... I go and bet the record and make sure no, and I try to see who's touched it and nobody's touched it. Then I could dust it off and try to create uh, my own version of it, but stay pay mm -hmm. homage to the artist that paved the way that made the record. Cause it's cause let's be honest with it. If you do a decent enough job on a cover record, it's going to feel good because that's what it's a hit already. It don't need you. So then these records didn't need me to make them hot. They were already hot. They just need me to do them justice. And I tried my best to do them justice. That's it. That's what that's what a cover is. The cover is meant for you to do justice. And you know what? And, and you know what I have expressed to some of the singers. Well, first off, a lot of people are not coming out with their own material. And then what you have to do is do what you have to sing cover songs in order for the audience to understand who you are and, and get right. familiar with right. with some some tunes. Exactly. So. I appreciate the fact that what you've done, and in my opinion, is that you took classic, well-recognized songs and you put your own spin to it and you made it your own version with modern, updated tempo, more so the, the, the production. I mean, I'm telling you what, on the list here, there is a couple of songs I was like, well, shoot, you sound better than the, the older <laughs> version. Well, I I, I, I'm gonna let you say that, but I appreciate that, sister, for real. But yes, yes, ma'am. I, 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 it's just I got a great team around me, so I can't take all the credit for the, for the records coming out as 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 polished as they are. I got one of the best engineers in the industry. He's mixed. He's mixed and and recorded some of the biggest names in the game, very humbly, very quietly. Um, my producers is working with Quincy Jones and a bunch of people. Not the names up. I'm just saying. I just try not to get all into that. None of that matters. It matters only in a sense of our, the relationships, because this is a personalized business where personal relationships translate to music relationships. Most people won't rock with you musically until they know you personally. It's just what it is. If they don't like you personally, they ain't going in the studio with you. So it's all connected. So I just try to be a good person and keep it real and be and, and enjoy the love of music and do it strictly for the love of the art. I did this for, without money, getting paid for it for so long. I will continue. I will always do music for free. In the end, I, I would do this without with no, for nothing. And I've sang on street corners with a tip bucket and a karaoke machine, and, and and to survive and pay my bills and eat over the years, man. I have been homeless because of this industry. I mean, not wisely, but you know, when you're young and, and aggressive and you want it bad enough, you you sleeping on couches, you travel. I was on bed on Greyhound buses, Amtrak trains. I've flown to Europe. I've been everywhere. This music has called my name. It's cost me relationships my families it's cost me all kinds of opportunities and blah 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 but you know what in the end i would still do it again because i love music and i love when my music and the music that i put out touches people's lives and changes their and touches their lives and such touches their souls and changes their lives that's what music does it's supposed to 
And I'm glad you actually brought that up because that was something I was going to ask you about. You, during that period when you were homeless, you actually got some kind of encouragement from a well-recognized... Uh, you go, you, uh, you did your homework, sister. Okay. Freddie Jackson. Tell us how you and Mr. Freddie Jackson have a relationship. Well, I, I don't know if even Freddie even remembered this night, but I was in uh, New York City. And I was shopping record deals at the time. I mean, I had some major doors shut in my face, but I had some major doors, I mean, deals on the table. Motown, uh, J Records. I mean, I was right there in blizzard. It was blizzard, 2004. Just cold blizzard, just crazy. Shoestrings and bubblegums in my pocket, just nothing. And I remember going into the Sugar Bar, uh, Ashland and Simpson's spot in New York. It's called the Sugar Bar, those that don't know. And uh, it was open mic night. So we had Elder Bars, Melba Moore, Stephanie Mills, Freddie Jackson. They were all right there. You know, my, I grew up, I just loving those cats, man. And I sang a Maxwell joint. And they, they Freddie said, man, you dope. You can sing. And then we talked a little bit. He gave me his number. We chit-chatted. And, and I said, I broke down. I said, listen, man, I, I don't even know where I'm staying tonight. I don't, I, I don't know about where I'm going to eat. The brother didn't have a lot of money. He said, I got 100 bucks in my pocket. I'm just, whatever it can do for you, brother, here. And he gave me that 100 bucks, his phone number, and kept in touch with me uh, over the period of time. And so, obviously, people lose contact. It just happens. But I never personalized that. But I'll never forget that, that Freddie looked at, that he reached in his pocket and gave me, gave me that money. And actually, that $100, you know how, you know, I'm just being real with you. Jesus fed the multitude with a couple of loaves and some fish. That $100 went a long way for me in that moment. It was powerful. It was like, God bless me. In New York, $100 don't mean nothing in the, in the city. <laughs> but it went, it, 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 I got a room, something to eat, and I was able to get a bus ticket home. <laughs> Thank you, Freddie mm. Jackson. Mm, mm. Well, you know, sometimes those types of life situations make you who you are, and it makes you appreciate life more when you go right. through those experiences. Yes, so always, you know, and that's why, I pay it forward and I always try to help people now because I, this ego thing in the music industry, we, this is a narcissistic business. I, me, my, and I, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mine. I, I, I hate that part of it, you know, and, and even though I have to kind of like fall into some level of a template to it, you'll hear me say me, St. Jane, I'll talk in the third person sometimes to, to, to promote. I really don't like that part of it. It's better when someone else promotes you. That's why you have a manager because a manager speaks on your behalf. But right now, I have to do, I have to wear the CEO hat, the manager hat, the, the executive hat. I mean, it's crazy, but I prefer to just be under the radar. And, and believe it or not, I'd rather just be behind, be behind the, the scenes of making records than to be the singer. But no one else, I could find no one to be the face of my company in, what, in terms of the artist that I needed to kind of like launch it under, but myself. So that's why you see me doing all these records and, and I'm 53. Believe me, I want to sit down somewhere, sis, believe me, just, <laughs> just write, make records and, and build a, like Barry Gordy. That's my goal when I'm in my 60s, Lord willing. I want to be able to kind of like sit back and just creep and bring out some dope talent. I'm starting to do that now, but I'm going to continue to do what I do. But uh, yeah, so I really appreciate you. So thank you for having me on the show. So it's so, all good. Any more questions? Just keep, keep them coming. I got, I got, I got ammunition, baby. <laughs> okay. Because trust me, I got a few more. I got a few more. I, I you know, I have to say this. Now, a lot of people, a lot of artists don't like this, but unfortunately, some people have gotten this particular situation. Have you had any, have you had people tell you that you look and possibly sound like another person? 
that's yeah. in the business. Oh, oh, R. Kelly, all the time. Yes. Yeah, I'm shy. I'm a shy town native. That's my that's my bro. You know what? And I'm gonna say this real quick, just because I, I want to get this out in the air. I love me some R. Kelly. I will always. There is no R and B with R. R. Kelly. Y'all can sit there and play all this game, talk all that mess all you want to, but ain't no R and B these days without R. Kelly. Now, whatever he's dealing with personally, that's between him and the court of law. I believe personally, until he's convicted of the crime he's been accused of, he should be able to come home on bail until he's able to be convicted of it, and then that then at that point be sentenced and do his time. But in a court of law, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And you have your, you should have your day in court. He has not been convicted. He's only been accused. And until he's been convicted, we have to understand what the justice system just ain't being fair to the brother. And when, 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 when of course, Donald Trump has freed all these people that have been done a hell of a lot worse in the sense of uh, some of the stuff, they, the egregious stuff and, and malicious stuff they've done. They, they're out on pardons and stuff. And this brother's in a county jail in, 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 in crazy condition. I'm not, I, I don't care about, I care what he did because, I mean, in terms of, of the issue that's been brought forward about the women, I get all of that. And that's, that will be resolved in time. Just like when Michael Jackson was accused. You know, we, you see what happened to him when we, how many times he been accused? Then he got, then he was, he was acquitted and they still didn't want to believe it. So whatever. And a lot of times those major labels would rather def, def, defame you than pay you. Let's be clear. We don't know. We don't know what's, you know, R. Kelly probably, you know, you know, us black men, listen, it's hard for me as, a, as 53, but because I'm 53, I can talk that mess because I am, I don't care what, I, I don't care. I ain't got a, I, I ain't got a lot, of, lot to lose in a sense of uh, a career and the, the cancel culture BS. I don't care about that. I'm self-made, thank God. But a black man has a very thin, a very tight rope to walk. If he's too confident, he's arrogant. If he's too weak and, and passive, he's, he's insecure. So we kind of damned if we do and if we damned if we don't. It's a very tough situation to be in being black in this business. Because if I talk real confident, I'm arrogant. I think I'm all that. If I talk very humble and submissive, then I'm weak and, and, and back passive. And so it's, 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 it frustrates me that people don't understand that. that, that I'm, I make music. Music doesn't make me. So mm. can all that stuff, man. Just, mm -hmm. just buy the record and, and enjoy the music for what it is. Don't put too much emphasis on, on the pedal stool for me because I'm going to jump off the pedal stool. I'm going to come down there and meet you. We're going to chat it up like homies and keep it real because I don't care about this music stuff to the point where I think I'm better than you. Uh, it, it ain't mm -hmm. that serious. But, so the platforms I'm on isn't about me. It's about helping other people and the music doing the work. Well, I appreciate you even giving that uh, feedback because I literally had that same kind of conversation earlier <laughs> today and yesterday about the R. Kelly situation. And to be honest, for me, you said it. There wouldn't be a lot of hits in artists if it wasn't for him. What he did in his personal life or what he's suspected to have done, mm -hmm. that's personal. But a lot of people can't separate him from his music and his talent. When God gives you a talent, they give you a talent. You can't take that away. Just like with your education, you go. What do they right. tell you? Go get your education. Can't nobody take that away from you. So no matter what that's you're doing, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. there's something that a given talent, God-given talent, whether it be you or anybody else, no matter what you've done in your personal life, you know, when you have a talent, I mean, hey, you can't take that away. And with that talent, he jump-started a lot of people's careers. Right. So um, I just wanted to get the elephant out of the room. Yeah, all, because I'm honored to be, you know, compared to, to a legend like R. Kelly and Robert. You know, I, 
I mean, you know, and that's, that's what's wrong with our society. It's not just African-American, black people. It's, it's American culture. Listen, I give more love in, 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 in overseas and other countries than I do here. And that's fine. I mean, I just love music. And I like people that love music for, the, for simply for the sake of music. Everything. I mean, you can look at my videos and find something wrong with the girls. Oh, he should have picked a better looking girl. I've heard that a lot. I mean, I, I pick. I, trust me, don't think I don't want no fine chicks in my video, fine ladies in my video. But guess, let's be clear. It's hard to find them. Let's be clear. I can't afford to go and spend thousands of dollars on, on, on super. So y'all got to know I'm building it now. Give me Work with me, people. I'm trying to build this, this, the, the, the image, the vibe, the whole concept, and the, and the whole. I'm independent. Come on, stop it. Well, but even being independent, you know, I, uh, we can have this conversation all day long, but I'm just going <laughs> to say this. Even with being independent at the end of the day, you know, sometimes what society thinks or should have been in the past, or it doesn't necessarily mean that that's always true. It should right. always be for everybody's situation. I agree with you. I just want to make sure my, I try to pick, I just try to do, I just focus on what I can control. And, you know, everything ain't going to be perfect, man. Even artists that got major money still don't get it right with some of their stuff. You know, you're like, eh, eh. And to me, it's like Baskin Robbins. I'm gonna, I love ice cream. Don't get it twisted. But I'm not going to eat 31 flavors when I go to Baskin Robbins. I'm going to pick one or two at the most. And then, then I might not pick the same flavor each time I go. So everything I do, you might not like everything I put out. And that's fine. Just just eat, eat just pick what you like. And don't, but don't tell me not to like ice cream or make ice cream because that's what I'm going to do. That's it. We just got to understand that we, we're so... And then you got to think about it. We, we pick up a device and we spend our whole time staring at a screen looking for stuff wrong. Oh, her nose too big. Look at her hair, her wig. I see her little hairline. They're looking for the little, you know, when the women wear the little wig, wig and stuff, and then the hairline is too far back. You can see her little roots and stuff. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, because, well, because society has put people who are in front of the camera to be perfect, and they're not. It's funny. Which is why I always continue to say with, with the candy show, raw, real, uncut, unscripted. If I screw up, I screw up. Go what? <laughs> I'm not perfect. Looking good, but you look good, though. You're doing it. You look all right. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the energy. It seems like every week you putting out a new song or, or dropping a little snippet and whew, was on one of your lives and you had a this talking about the D. Talk uh, about that. <laughs> You ain't ready for that video. It's done. It drops on the 26th. Yes, sir. Ooh, Ooh that record right there. I got, it's a three-part series, you know, how Kels did it in the closet. So I'm just kind of like taking some old school tactics and trying to reinvent them in a virtual digital streaming world. So this D is a conceptual record uh, that I'm, I, I broke up in three parts. So it's a four-minute four record broke up in three parts. So it's three parts to it and three videos. And so the first one is me and the girl getting to the place where we're intimate and then the screen drops. The second part is we start, we go backwards. So we tell the story in reverse, how we, mm -hmm. uh, the, the sex part, the, then we go where we met and then where we argue, where we fall out and we move, you know, and so it all connects and we put it back in the reverse order when we play the whole thing. So it's going to be really, I'm just, just trying different things as an independent artist to see what can work. You know what I'm saying? You just got to be creative and try to do, it's a trilogy. So just want to do different things. And so, but this D, you fill in the blank. Dictionary, diet coke, <laughs> donuts, <laughs> diaphragm. I mean, I don't know what you, what you want to see. <laughs> I like the donuts one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
saying? Now, are all of your songs covers, remakes, remixes, or do you have? Because I, I, this, this D can't be. No, this D is an original record. I got a lot since I got about a hundred or more original records that are blow you away. This really great content. So the cover songs were just some, something I came up with during COVID after March. Because literally, you got to remember, I've only been doing this to this level of what's going on and for seven months. Literally seven months. I mean, I'm, in, I'm two, I'm one number one indie soul record. Sinead's on here, by the way, my, my little sis, she's on here. Uh, what's up, Sinead? I see you. Um, and we've got Baby Come To Me, the James Ingram, Patty Austin, Quincy Jones remake is number 16 on the Indie Soul Chart. So we're on our way to possibly a number, a two number ones Indie Soul records in less than seven months. That's incredible. Or 1.5 million streams on Spotify on the EP, a million streams on Being Gentle, and 36,000 radio spins on digital radio stations. Come on, man. And, and you know, and we, we're going to continue to build. So, you know, um, so the throwback was a, I, 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 something to do during quarantine and COVID. So while everybody else is scrambling, I had all, all the videos you see me dropping in, inside the studio booth where I'm singing into it. I was doing that three years ago and I was barely getting any, anybody liking it. So I, I never stopped. I never gave up. I'm going to continue to do it. And even right now, I might have seven people in my room when I should have 700. But I don't care if it's seven people in my room, six people, 77,000. I'm going to be the same guy engaging, talking to people. I know people. Some, I've met some great people on here. I know about their families, their dogs, their cats, their situations. How's your kid? Autism, this or that. I mean, you just get to know people. Artists are not engaging their fan base anymore. They're just thinking because I'm, I'm, I'm somebody famous, you're going to just come buy my music. No, I'm not. Who are you, dude? And we are a realistic society where we love to know about people's personal business more than we like their music. You know, we want to know more about what you're doing, who you're doing, than what you're singing. But stay out of my business. That's one that I will tell you. Stay out of my business. I'm a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you are so right, because I've seen artists, because they're, they're so used to having other people do things for them because of everything that's set up for them. If they're right. a label, whatever the case may be, or they have a team. I've seen a lot of artists struggling during the pandemic, not knowing even how to get on live, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's important for an artist. And right now it's important to figure out, OK, think like an independent, because clearly thing just got wiped into a halt. So it's like, now, how do I actually move forward to continue my level? You have right. to learn everything. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you what they're doing. Now those major artists that don't know what to do are now coming to guys like me in my inbox and DMing me, asking me for money to promote me. Mm -hmm. But you, but you got R and B money. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying no names, but you know, you got R and B. You got money. You know what you what you asking me for five hundred bucks for? Really, bro? You walk around with a with a with a with a diamond crusted necklace, blinging, and you asking me for five hundred dollars when you should be putting me on because you, you know because you can. Oh, I can't. Maybe you can't. But, you know, and I'm not just trying to be negative. I'm trying to be honest with you. These cats are exploiting other artists. And it's the same thing that, that, that corporate America is doing to the independent artists. We're chasing our tail here, man. We're, they, they, they tell us, go to Spotify. You have to have this many followers. You got to do this. And then you go through all these rat race, rat traps to get your stuff mm -hmm. set up. And it's just as soon as you think you got everything established, they change the dynamic again. Remember, it used to be Insta, MySpace, Facebook friends. Now it's 
it's, it, then it was Instagram. Now it's TikTok. I mean, every time you get, you think you get, you get it under you know, the whole everything. Rock, I got everything lined up. I got all it. Now you got to go to this platform, and if you don't got this, then we're not signing. That's why you don't need a record deal. You need a bank loan. You again, you are so right. Had that same kind of conversation. Once you start getting used to what the requirements are, every few months, if not at top of the year, they change the requirements and they make it harder for you as an artist to really monetize off of your earn, monetize off of your hard work. The streams look how many Absolutely. streams do you really have to get to even make a dollar? It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know? Spotify is a 66 billion dollar company. Their share value, market share per share, is like almost four fifty, dollars to $500 a share. Come on, man. They're making billions of dollars off of and giving us 28 cents on a stream. Not even a dollar. Not even, even, even back when we when people used to download records, we would at least get 70-30 split. We could get a 70-30 split with iTunes. At least I could walk. If I had 1.5 million downloads, come on, 70 cents a download, you know how much money? I would be able to do so much with the artists I got, my label. 70 cents at 1.5 million download at 70 cents a download i will be paid but now they're giving us 28 cents on a stream that ain't nothing so for so in order to get four thousand dollars is what you make off of a million streams one million streams gets you four thousand dollars and it costs you at least five to eight thousand dollars to put your songs on playlists you can't get streams. People not going to your site. Now, I get a lot of streams organically, but most of the time, I have to pay for playlists. It's a big, it's a big pyramid scheme like Amway. I'm just putting it out there, man. We got to be real with these people. They got to know that this stuff ain't easy. So naturally, and we're, we're feeding off each other like crabs in a barrel because the top-level industry cats are not, they don't care about the music that black people do. I'm here to tell you. They don't invest in urban music. They don't invest in R&B. They don't invest, they invest in hip-hop. That's why the, the baby winning Grammys. I mean, for real, come on, man, sit down. I'm just keeping it 100. I got no love for all that crap, man. Sit down. You ain't talking about nothing. You ain't helping people. I mean, whatever. I'm happy for your success, brother, because you're a young black man. But look at the type of stuff. Is that the cap with the diamond? Or who is that little woozy? Who's got the diamond uh, on his head? $20 million. You could have built a whole community, bro. Come on. Yeah. Don't even <laughs> give me to tell you what his name is because I'll mess it up and I'll forget. <laughs> but, you know, with that, even if you're R&B, they try to push you to go pop so you can go to that crossover audience so they can really get some money. Right. And we sold, that's why R&B is struggling right now because we sold out our genre for pop. And then you got Sam Smith, Justin Timberlake, and, and, and Ed Shireen winning best new R&B artists. Come on, are you serious? Never, that should never happen in R&B music again. I'm sorry, I got love for JT and uh, all them cats, man. But white boys should never win best new R&B artists, bro. I don't give a damn how good his record is. Mm -hmm. This is a black genre, period. And we need to be proud about it. We need to go back to being rekindle our relationship with R&B and stop acting scared. If you're over 30 years old, 35 years old, stop being in in insecure about rhythm and blues just because it's not the popular mainstream music. It, we can make it pop again. And it's starting to come back. You heard that uh, Secret Garden record with Omar Wilson, Raheem Devon. Them brothers did that, bro. That gave me hope for R&B, real talk.
Yes, I said that I, I when I had my reunion uh, with my former co-host for the Candy Production Show uh, back in December. That's actually part of what I'm put out next week. But we reviewed that record. They had never heard it, and I was like, "Oh, well." The teaser was getting me, but then I was thinking, "Hmm." <laughs> and then I heard the whole thing. I was like, "Oh my! I ain't never heard of Omar. So sorry, but they killed it." That video was the bomb. The song was hot. They killed that record, bro. They killed that Oof. record. It, um, but, but, okay. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about um, the plans for the EP. Now, you're releasing these songs back to back and you're making videos. You're doing volume two. Yeah. What else do you have going on? I, I'm putting out my pops. He's 77 years old. And Pops is killing it. Like his, you gotta remember the sixty years, the 60, 60 and up crowd is not. There's no one outside of Charlie Wilson, Smokey Robinson, perhaps, and some few other older cats. No other artists are making records like that right now. Lenny Williams, you ain't hearing about a lot of them cats no more. But but that age group isn't being satisfied musically, and they're still they're living longer. Those cats sixty and up are going to probably live to eighty ish or more. So. So they're going back to listen to them same old records. They always gonna feel good, but let's be clear. Why not make some records that sound like those records, but new? And that's what I did. I put together a six song EP for my pops. He's 77 and he is killing the game. He just, we just finished a Simple Man video. Wait till you see this video and hear that record. Oh my God, it's called Simple Man and it's beautiful. Pops about to do the thing. I'm excited for him, he's excited. And I just love the fact that, and, and during COVID, a lot of seniors didn't make it past this pandemic. You know, in their 60s and 70s, a lot of them cast, a lot of those 530,000 people have over half a million people passed to this stuff, man. Let's not act like this stuff ain't happened because it, ain't, it may not touch close to you, but like my, some of my closest, my producer uh, that produced a lot of my music, his mama passed recently. My, uh, rest in peace, Ivan Johnson Sr., his mom of COVID. So it's, it's real. I've had some people that I worked with before pass. It's really not, it's not a joke. So, um, I wanted to make sure Pops had a legacy before his time, whether it was via COVID or any any natural causes or accidental causes, that he had a legacy of music that he could leave his grandkids and 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 feel satisfied. Because he had a, a hit record in the in the seventies called "Freaky People," a part of the crowd kids that funk Ohio funk kind of uh, revolution back in the early seven late seventies, and. He wrote the song that went 88 on 80, number 88 on the top 100 billboard in the 79, and, and a white guy owned the publishing. He, and his name is clearly on the album Leaner Notes, but he didn't even own no beat. He got nothing and been struggling ever since. So now I want to make sure he has a legacy when he leaves, you know, have his music to his grand, my, you know, granddaughter and, and, and grandkids, man. And so that's a, that's a beautiful thing to see him. And, he, and he's so spry and, and dope and swagged out at 77. We kick it. We like we like best friends. So that's what's up. You so. guys definitely look alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good dude. He said he's single, but COVID won't let him mingle. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, I already know all about that. I, <laughs> I know all about that. <laughs> right. Now you've got some other things going on. I tell everybody, um, is it stuck on you? Stuck? What's that one? Well, suck it up. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's Lionel Richie. Stuck on you. It's <laughs> called, called Suck It Up. So this is, a, again, I have this thing called St. James Presents. 
And so what it is is with the traction that's going on with being gentle, baby, come to me in the EP. I'm I want to pull people up with me, but at the same time, I want I want I want to showcase that I produce other artists and produce records. So I'm kind of St. James presents Rena Lynn. Mm. She's a Filipino American uh, young lady and with a beautiful voice. Sounds like to me and some other. She got a really great R&B vocal, and she she happens to be a Filipino American. And I just think that's awesome when other races can sing R&B and they're not trying to exploit or you know appropriate the race but they just really love music and that's what it's all about so I hate when people try to like Bruno Mars they're trying to say he's appropriating black music come on man sit down somewhere Bruno Mars is ridiculously dope I don't care what you think you know you know but I, but right now I'm, let him do, I'm gonna let him do his little silk sonic thing but it's all about household name entertainment St. James and, and, and my team and my artists that we're working with and Sinead so we said nay nay so we gonna get it popping but I love it. I love it, man. So I got a lot coming up. Stay tuned. We drop Arena Friday. Uh, the This D comes out the 26th, part one. Um, I got so much stuff. It's a crazy. People going to really be uh, kind of blown away about the content and the, and the quality of the music. And whatever happens, happens, man. If I, I want, and I won the best new indie art, best new artist in indie soul for 2020. I won that award. So they be sending me All love. right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I was really big a compliment because it wasn't a fan voted award it was by my peers that's even more important when your peers respect and acknowledge what you're doing so independently so wow so you have a lot of things going on tell everybody how they can follow you download your music because uh, listen like i said before it seems like every other week you're dropping something new a new teaser right. you dropping so much I, I can't even keep up with the songs yeah, yeah i know but, it, but as an independent artist you can never have too much music out because you know, nobody. It's not. It's not like the sample size is so small compared to mainstream artists. Like, I mean, you know, people might. It may look on social media like, oh, he's doing it big, or he's doing it. And, and, and to some degree, I'm getting there, but but it's not really about. It's not as a as an independent artist. It's so many people that have not even heard of me, have heard my music. So it's an untapped market. That's so much. So it's a small sample size. So. And you, you want something to go viral. So you tend to throw stuff, you kind of throw something at the wall, hope, see what sticks. And you kind of have to kind of pick and choose and fill it out. It's like anything else. So that's why I do that. But more importantly, I want people to kind of like understand that I'm not just a cover singer, singing cover tones and cover records. I got my own original stuff that sounds just as good as what I did with the cover stuff. And with my team of artists and songwriters and my engineer, my producers, you know, I can't go wrong. And we make sure the record comes out there slapping from intro to outro. No... No nonsense, no fillers. Barry Gordy said it best. If you're down to your last dollar, are you going to buy this record or a sandwich? And that's going to tell the tale. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Live, eat, and breathe it. If that's what you do, then you're going to sacrifice eating a sandwich. Right, for that record. Amen, that's it. <laughs> so that's what's up. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I know we can definitely continue the conversation. Oh, real quick. You www.stjames.com. You can find me on my official website, all over social media, St. James, S-A-I-N-T-J-A-I-M-Z. And, you know, I heard I'm trending on Google. I haven't been on, I've never Googled myself, so I really don't know, honestly. But you can go on Google and find me and I just listen, just support the music. And if you like what you hear, just listen to it for, for, for its purity. And nothing more. And and if it touches your soul and you like it, support it. If you don't, like I said, Baskin Robbins is not that has thirty one flavors. And hell, some people don't even want not one of those flavors. You know what? I tell you what. If you like nineties music, or even before, 
like you said, on your album, you, you, you know that not everybody's maybe going to like everything, but you have a variety on the EP. So, Bobby Brown, right? wait a minute, Bernard Wright, that's the one that got me. I was like, what? No! <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, guys, I want you to make sure that you follow Mr. St. James. Make sure you download his music, support him, stay in tune with him, follow him on the social media platforms. Mr. St. James, is there anything else that you'd like to contribute to the conversation before we leave? Candy, you're a gorgeous sister. I appreciate the opportunity of being on your show. I want to say that, you know, keep your head up, whatever, keep doing what you're doing on your platform, and I will continue to support you. And you got your family to me now, so when I see you doing something, I'm going to like your stuff. I'm going to share your stuff with people. And I think it's really about that and being selfless and not selfish. And everybody got to forgive whatever you're going through in personal relationships. With this COVID thing, we should not still be doing the same thing, having the same attitude, the same drama that we had back in March today, a year later. It's incredible because people are not living and making it. And we need to be grateful for every breath we take from this point forward. And I just want to live my best life and do the right thing. So God bless y'all, man. And thank you for having me on the show once again. And I would love to come back anytime you want me to. And whatever you need, you let me know, okay? I got you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And just so you know that the Candy Show has been a platform to showcase local talent. And that's how it got started, just because of me being in those platforms that we didn't have anymore here in Indianapolis. And I know that we have great talent here, I always say. Indianapolis have untapped talent and this is what the candy show is about mm -hmm. and it's not just for indie artists right also for national recording you know listen if you're a great artist if you're passionate about your craft and your gift come on to the candy show Right. Let's Definitely make sure we get you out there. <laughs> so, Mr. St. James, I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. You stay safe. You too as well. I will definitely do that, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Thank Candy Show. Thanks, everybody, for chiming in. I saw some comments. Appreciate everybody on here. Reminder Ronaldo. I got my, some of my <laughs> What's up, Keith? Yes. What's up, What's up? And Juanita, everybody. Thank you all. My D. Appreciate y'all, man. Gladys. Uh, Lisa, I, they all on here. My people, they showed up for me. I appreciate you. <laughs> yes, I appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Tune in next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, Candy. Peace. But most of all, I said most of all, most of all, I want to thank you, my audience. Come on back. I said come on back. Come on back Kick it It's Kick <laughs>